One of the consequences of a lazy life, a slugger's life, is that neglect is seen everywhere. Unkept house, unkept finances, unkept temple of the Holy Spirit. Here's an important point too though, okay? Workaholics can be just as lazy as a sluggard in certain ways. They might be given themselves for their workplace, but the workaholic can use work as an excuse to be lazy in his or her marriage. The workaholic can use that excuse to say, I got no time to pray. I got no time for the Lord. You are neglecting your soul before God. Well, good day and welcome back to Live in the Light. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and with me in our studios today is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. And you're joining us, maybe some of you, for the very first time, and we want to say welcome. Live in the Light believes that radical transformation comes about through the revelation of God's truth. Frankly put, we believe that as God's Word is opened and verse by verse we walk through it, the Spirit of God changes us and we are never the same. Well, you've joined us for a great series. We're in the middle of a series on wisdom and practical truths for all of us and really measuring the worth of wisdom. And today's message takes us to a very practical topic, doesn't it, Robbie? It's a a wisdom and a truth for those of us who may be struggling with laziness. That's right. It's a message, as we've said, that will get us off the couch because the Bible, God's Word, has so much to say on this topic of laziness. I don't think many Christians understand how much God has to say about this topic, again, of seeing us work hard and the diligence that is required and the opportunity we have to do so. What we're finding out within this particular message, again, is laziness is not a physical problem as much as laziness is a spiritual problem. And that's why then God addresses this issue of laziness spiritually in his word. And so I think some of you, we've got your attention. Better yet, God has your attention, and he wants to speak to you now by his Holy Spirit through his word. And we're going to get wisdom, wisdom from those who are lazy. We don't want to be that way. We're going to learn not to be, and then wisdom from God of how we can be so fruitful within our lives. So today we're we're done with the excuses, and we're ready for a clean slate and say, God, use me. I don't want to be lazy. I want to be fruitful for you. All right. Well, amen. And we're praying for a strong word but also an encouraging word for you today. Well, let's get our Bibles open and turn to Proverbs 6 and go again now to Pastor Robbie. And there'll be young men that will stand before the Lord in judgment. The Holy One of God will stand before them and the opportunity that they've been trusted with, they will hold up an accomplishment of video games and present that to the Lord. This is what my life was about. I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours pursuing a video game and seeking to do whatever. I mean, that, that, that is going to happen. I mean, just imagine that moment before the holy, righteous one of God and say, what did you do with your life? I played video games. Really? Really? Like that, that is what you're going to present to the Lord? Like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, isn't it? Like, isn't it? To stand before God in this life of life and death and, and millions are, are lost and dying without salvation in Jesus Christ and we'll say, look, God, look. 
I mean, just think about that. Get some wisdom. Get some, stop being foolish. We can go through the list. But the wise wake up. It's tragic what's occurring in our society right now. Oh, lazy one, learn from the ant. Secondly, this. Oh, wise one, learn from the lazy. Oh, wise one, learn from the lazy. Turn to Proverbs chapter 24. Now, if there's ever a message to not be lazy in turning in Scripture, this is it, right? This is it. Proverbs 24, verse 30. Go, 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 go. 24, verse 30. A wise one, learn from the lazy. So here we have a wise sage walking through life and observing lessons from, again, what that he's taking in. Notice this. He walks by the field of a lazy person, a sluggard. Verse 30 of chapter 24. I pass by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, and behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked and received instruction. Okay, let's just stop right there for a second. Notice what's happening. Here's what wisdom does. Wisdom observes. Wisdom considers. And then wisdom gains instruction. That's so important. So in this context right now, wisdom learns from the success of others, but wisdom also learns from the failure of others. So that's what the Bible's doing right here. It's helping us to learn from the failures of others that we would say, I don't want to be like that. So some of us, if we were totally honest, we'd say, well, I like being lazy. I want to be lazy. I reproduce laziness in my life. Okay, so if you want to be lazy, here's what you must be clear on. Make sure you want the fruit of laziness as well. If you want to pursue laziness in your life spiritually and at work and with your health, make sure you understand the fruit of laziness because that's what the Bible is going to give us. Proverbs, I'll just read it for you. Proverbs 15 verse 19 says, the way of a sluggard is a hedge of thorns. The way of a sluggard is a hedge of thorns. What that's telling us is laziness. We think, oh, it's about my comfort and my ease and I'm doing so well and all these things, whatever. But the reality is the Bible says the way of a sluggard, actually, it's like you go, ah, what is that? And you're, you're all, ah, and it's all painful. You're, there's consequences for the slothfulness within our lives. It hurts. It's painful. It's not going to go well. And that's what the Bible starts to explain to us. Again, look at verse 30. I passed by the field of a sluggard by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, NRSV calls a stupid man there, and the observations of laziness begins to relate to his field. Now his field would equal his livelihood. It would equal his life. Notice three things about the field of the sluggard. Number one, it was unkept. It was unkept. It says it was all overgrown with thorns. So the property of the sluggard, because he's so lazy, was a disaster. It was not cared for. It was not tended to. What do we learn here? Very, very important when it comes to laziness. Laziness suffers from neglect. One of the consequences of a lazy life, a sluggard's life, is that neglect is seen everywhere. Unkept house, unkept finances, unkept temple of the Holy Spirit. Here's an important point too, though, okay? Workaholics, workaholics can be just as lazy as a sluggard in certain ways. They might be giving themselves for their workplace, but the workaholic can use work as an excuse to be lazy in his or her marriage. 
The workaholic can use that as an excuse to say, I got no time to pray. I got no time for the Lord. You are neglecting your soul before God. Workaholics can use that as an excuse to say, I have no time to serve the Lord in church. I'm just not, I'm just so, work is everything. Listen, workaholics can be just as lazy as they neglect family and kids and they use the work as the excuse because ultimately that's their idol to both self and they're neglecting massive areas of their lives. Laziness ends up in neglect. Again, neglecting things like our marriages. Like husbands and wives, if we're not attending to the relationship of our spouse, why? A lot of cases, we're just lazy. Can't be bothered. We want to serve self. I mean, you got to see it for what it is. Again, like a lack of prayer life, a lack of being in God's word. For the most part, laziness is the reason. We're just lazy. Like that's what we got to be honest with God about. To say And say, Lord, I, I confess my sin of slothfulness, of laziness. Because I've been given this one opportunity and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not using it. I'm not using it. I'm wasting my time in all these things that ultimately do not matter. And you may not like this either, but again, it's just, it's, gluttony is still a sin. I mean, sometimes we look at all these other sins and we hold these things up, but gluttony, for some reason, oh, it's totally fine now. It's not. I mean, and often gluttony and laziness go hand in hand. Lazy just in our approach to taking care of ourselves. We notice here that the field of the sluggard was unkept. We notice this, the field of the sluggard was unproductive. Notice it says, it says right there in verse 31 that the ground was covered with nettles or weeds. Now, if you know me at all, you know how much I hate weeds. And here's another example in the Bible where weeds basically are evil. Praise the Lord. That's so great. They are presented in a negative sin-filled light. Again, the man's field here, listen, is meant for bearing fruit, crops, and wealth. But instead, because of his laziness, it's bearing thorns, weeds, and death. What do we learn here? We learn this. Ready? Laziness bears bad fruit. Don't kid yourselves on this one. Laziness bears bad fruit. Matthew Henry equates in this verse, the, the field equals our souls. Our souls equal the field. If we neglect our field, we let weeds come in. I've always appreciated so much A.W. Tozer's illustration of the hunger of wilderness. And essentially, it, just, it blesses me so much because it's just so true. If you leave a field or a front yard or a backyard and you leave it to itself, the wilderness will take in. Or just take over. I mean, just it's incredible how the wilderness grows and grows. And we've all seen this in so many different places. You let a patch of grass or field by itself and it will become, it will take over buildings. It will just, you won't even recognize it. In the Christian life, if you neglect your soul, if you neglect a pursuit of God, if you neglect confession of sin, if you neglect of trying to passionately follow Christ in worship and prayer and study and growing with other believers, if you neglect it, there's no neutral in the Christian life. So either you're going forward or you're going backwards. If you suffer from laziness and the care for your soul, it's just a matter of time before the wilderness creeps in. It's only a matter of time before weeds start to grow. And what the wise person says here, the ground was covered with weeds. If we don't pursue the Lord and working hard by taking care of our souls and seeking him in this way, we can guarantee that weeds will creep in and steals our joy, steals our passion, steals our effectiveness, and steals our fruitfulness because if we don't care for us, then that's the place we're going to find ourselves in. Laziness results in being uncapped and also unproductive. And laziness also, this happens, is it's unreliable. So in verse 31 at the end of it, it says, and its stone wall was broken down. Now, from all appearances, laziness then cannot be depended upon. Why? If you can't take care of your own stone wall, how can you possibly take care of others? And so lazy people can't be depended upon. They are unreliable. 
they don't follow through with what they say they're going to do. You don't want to be that person. I pray you don't want to be that person. But then again, notice verse 32. Notice what happens here. There's observation, there's consideration, and then there's wisdom. So he says in verse 32, then I saw and considered. So the wise sage is like, okay, so I'm looking at this. Hmm, I consider this, and now comes wisdom. And now the wisdom is gathered and formulated. And now here's the wisdom in verse 33. Here's what his end result is to this sluggard's life and field. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. So here's what we're learning. Laziness, again, results in bad fruit. But specifically, we're seeing here, laziness 14 times in Proverbs is connected with poverty. Laziness and poverty together. So, so many verses speak to this. I want to give you four on the screen here within Proverbs that connect poverty and laziness together. Here's the first one from Proverbs uh, 13. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. Now, this is interesting. Lazy people love to complain. They love to complain about what they don't have, but they're not willing to do anything about it. So they complain and whine and whine and complain. Notice they crave, they desire all these things, but they won't do anything about it. So they just become these miserable people who just whine, whine and whine and whine, but do nothing. They just sit there. Hard to have sympathy for people who crave and whine and are miserable, but they're not willing to do anything about it at all. But the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. It's just basic common sense wisdom, but we need to understand. Here's the second verse about this. Slothfulness casts into a deep sleep and an idle person will suffer hunger. Notice the correlation with slothfulness and suffering. Don't kid yourselves right now. If you think you can live a slothful life and not suffer in some regard, the Bible's telling us that will happen. That will happen. There's consequences to laziness and it's never good. Here's the next verse, Proverbs 21. The desire of the sluggard kills him. Why? Because his hands refuse to labor. He just refuses to work, so he dies. That stinks. That's what happens with the sluggard. And here's the last one. Whatever, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits, our example today was video games, but it could be so many things. If you follow worthless pursuits, you'll have plenty of poverty, whether physically, whether economically, whether spiritually. The only way we have spiritual riches is in Jesus Christ. You got to see this laziness will not work out for us, loved ones. It will not work out. A wise one learned from the lazy. You don't want to be that person. You simply do not want to be that person. That will not go well. You want to value the blessing of working hard and not neglecting life as a whole. Remember, as we go through this, this isn't just about work at the workplace. This is neglect of marriage, neglect of relationships, neglect of church, neglect of prayer, neglect of our soul before the Lord. All these things contribute to these factors. Oh, wise one, learn from the lazy. And our third lesson is this then. Oh, sluggard, throw out the excuses. Oh, lazy one, learn from the end. Oh, wise one, learn from the lazy. Oh, sluggard, throw out the excuses. Okay, this is where the Bible is borderline ridiculous as far as sarcasm and humor. But I want us to see this because it's very helpful. Proverbs 26 now, verse 13. Proverbs 26, verse 13. Check this out. This is almost unbelievable, okay? Here are the excuses of the sluggard. Verse 13, the sluggard says, there's a line in the road. There's a line in the streets. We'll get to that in a second. Verse 14, as a door turns on its hinges, so the sluggard on his bed. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish, 
it wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. Verse 16, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. This is fascinating here in scripture. This becomes, again, humorous and ridiculous. God's word going through excuses of a sluggard. Excuse number one of the sluggard, according to this section of scripture, is this, I can't work, I might be eaten by a lion. That's what it's saying right there. That verse kind of cracks me up. It's a classic, lazy, totally ridiculous excuse. But notice this, and, and make sure you look into your life. Often, laziness will hide behind irrational fear. Laziness will hide itself behind irrational fear. A son, I need you to cut the lawn. Oh, I, I can't see that squirrel dad. I think he might have rabies. I don't think I want to do that. I'm just like, I'm just a little bit like, you know, son, can you walk the dog? I might, I might pull a muscle dad. I just not really into that. Son, go walk the dog. Go walk the dog, would you? Get off your tush and walk the dog, all right? Go cut the lawn. Stop, stop making excuses. And we think about, I want to pick on young people today. I'm not really, but, but this Proverbs is written to a young man in, in its context. And I'm telling you, the excuses we get from teenagers, the excuses that are given from people who just haven't lived that long, but the excuses we all can give, they can be as ridiculous as, oh, I can't do that. I might be eaten by a lion. Really? Really? It's been about 500 years since that's ever happened. Oh, but I don't know. I mean, today might be the day, you know? Really? 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 Here's excuse number two. I can't work. I'm stuck to my bed. I am hinged to my bed. Now, verse 14 has been one of my favorite verses for a long time. It's my wake-up verse. My wake-up verse for a decade. So when I'm lying in bed and my temptation is to stay in bed, when I know I'm awake, I'm not sleeping anymore, and just I just need to get up, I mean, verse 14 of chapter 26 starts rolling through my, uh, through my mind. As a door is on its hinges, so a sluggard is on his bed. Notice in verse 14, the sluggard moves, just not very far. You see that? The sluggard's moving, and here's what the sluggard does. The sluggard does this. Like this, right? Just like a door and a hinge, right? Snooze, 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 right? Get up, no, no, get up, you know. Snooze, snooze, and it's just—it's moving. The sluggard's moving, but not moving very much. Why? 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 Because he or she is too comfortable. That is why. The sluggard is so comfortable. No, leave me alone. I want to see. I want to see more. Oh yeah, this is so good. Oh, this is so good. Why? Get up, lazy one. Get up, lazy one. That's pathetic. You lying in bed over and over and over and over again. Now be careful of this too. Listen, in this verse, in this verse, okay? Comfort is the idol of the sluggard. And be very careful. For most of us, the goals we have in our lives, if we're honest, are surrounded in more comfort, more ease. Think about it. The things you really want for your house, the new trinkets you want to have in your pocket, the car you want to drive, the luxury I'm driving. If you think about it, most of our pursuits are surrounded in comfort and in ease. Be very, very careful, loved ones. The goals that you deem most valuable, you might actually be pursuing your greatest curses. The things you want most might actually end up being your greatest curse. The more comfort and ease we surround ourselves in, the more comfortable we become and more spiritually lazy is often the end result. That's why God brings trials. That's why God brings suffering. That's why God brings difficulty to wake us from our slumber, to wake us from our drunken stupor, the Bible says, to wake us back to reality of why we actually live. See how loving God is in that way? If he gave us everything we wanted, wow. That, that, that would be the worst thing God could ever do. The most unkind thing he could ever do is grant us all our desires because we don't even know what we really need or want. The sluggard here is hinged to their bed. 
Excuse number one, I can't work even by a line. Excuse number two, I'm stuck to my bed. Excuse number three of the sluggard, I'm too tired to eat. I'm too tired to eat. Verse 15, I mean, it is ridiculous, says, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish and wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. Okay, this is the best example of supreme, pathetic laziness, okay? The sluggard is so lazy. The sluggard desires work so much. The sluggard is so pathetic in this area that the thought of physical exertion just exhausts him to the point where, oh, hungry. And he, and he, and he puts his hand in his dish to eat his food and he's like, Oh, forget it. I can't do it. Right? I mean, that's what the Bible's saying. I'm not, this is what the Bible's saying. He puts his hand in his dish. He's like, ah, oh, ah, oh, oh, forget. Just and doesn't and just and just doesn't do it. And we look at that, we're like, wow, so pathetic. Wow, what a what a lazy son. Who is who is that lazy to do that? Be very careful the next time you lie on your couch and you've been sitting there watching TV or whatever it is incessantly for four or five hours at a time and laziness creeps in and the bowl of popcorn that's just out of reach. It's just out of reach. And you find yourself saying, honey, can you come here? Why? Can you help me get my popcorn? Really? Really? I mean, careful, 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 because we do that. We do that. Watch out. Watch out for this stuff, man. Or you're, or you're sitting on the couch and you want to change the channel and the remote again is just far enough away. I saw this on a Simpsons episode um, before I was saved. So no emails about this, all right? And there, and there is Homer just, just reaching for the remote. But we can be as pathetic as that. Watch yourself if you get to these points where you're sitting there and you are like this sluggard in verse 15. You had your hand in the dish. The people who are too lazy to put their microwave dinner in the microwave. Watch out for that. Ah, oh, forget it. It's too hard to push buttons. Really? Really? You watch. Watch yourself. I got to watch myself as we start to go through life and we form habits that flat out are pathetic. Why is it that we have to get the closest parking spot and we're unable to walk another 50 yards? Why? 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 Well, we deem ourselves important and we're just flat out lazy. Probably 50 yards could do you some good. Does me good. I mean, just, just think, think these things through as you go through life. Just, just think about the habits that are forming and then say, I don't, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that way. That's ridiculous. That's, that, that, that's what God's word's trying to help us with right now. Trying to help us with. Here's the last excuse of the sluggard. Um, I don't want to work because I'm the smartest person I know. I'm the smartest person. Look at, look at verse 16. Um, are the sluggards wiser in his own eyes than seven men? Now, seven men who can answer sensibly. Seven men is a term um, symbolic of never ending or many. So basically, you have 700 men could come up to the slugger that are incredibly filled with wisdom, and the slugger's like, I don't care what you say, I'm the smartest guy I know. I know what's right. You start telling me what to do, man. I'm, I'm the one who's the boss of my life, and I'm not listening to anything that you say. Now, understand how much the book of Proverbs has to say about the person who will not listen. The fool does not receive instruction. The wise person does. And the verse that I want to point out to you in this regard, which here is from Proverbs 9, 8. It says, do not reprove a scoffer. He will hate you. See, when you come to the fool and you try to correct them, they hate you. And defense, defense, justification, inner lawyer, inner lawyer, inner lawyer. But reprove a wise man and he will love you. Because the, wis the wise understand they need wisdom and the wise will listen and receive and say, if I have seven men coming up to me and exhorting me in certain things, I'm going to take that pretty seriously. I have multiple counselors because they understand that they need help in this regard. But the slugger's like, oh, I'm the wisest. You be quiet. And again, I'm not trying to pick on young people, but 
like know-it-all teenagers, I was one. Like no, like, know-it-alls drive me nuts because they just can't be like they just can't be taught. Or like the kid that walks out of university, man, he is God's gift to everything. And he walks in, just watch this. And just like, yeah, I'll watch all right. You're on your own, dude. Like you're gonna get struck by lightning or something like that, right? Because they walk around and just like, I had the answer to everything, to everything. Everyone bow down before me because I'm gonna instruct you in the ways of all wisdom. So you and Jesus, eh? Is that how it goes? It's pretty scary. But that's what the slugger does. And laziness is a form of like, don't counsel me, man, because I got it all figured out. And the only you got figured out is a path to self-destruction. Be careful, be careful, be careful. We all got to be careful. We all got to be careful. So here's, here's wisdom right now. Wisdom in this time says, will I allow myself to be counseled? Will I admit I have sin that needs to be brought to the foot of the cross today in areas of laziness and apathy and complacency and slothfulness and being a slugger? Do, will I allow myself to believe in the wisdom of the Lord and let that turn into fruitful part of my life. Now, I want to end this message here again. It's so important. This part is so important. Laziness, loved ones, fundamentally, as we began, is an issue of the heart. Laziness is sin. Physical laziness often goes hand in hand with spiritual laziness. The thing I'm most concerned about is spiritual laziness, but one usually affects the other. Spiritual laziness cripples us, it ruins us. It ruins us. We can't, we can't let that happen. We can't let that happen. Loved ones, the work of Jesus Christ is what saved us. Aren't you so glad he wasn't lazy? I mean, aren't you so glad that he did all these things, his work for our benefit? So consider our response now to the work of Christ. And here's where I want to make sure you hear this. This is so vitally important because we go through the message and Proverbs is admonishing and exhorting and there's a lot of commands in here. So the danger is I take legalism away with me. Again, I gotta try harder. I gotta do this. And there's elements of, yeah, you gotta wake up. Like you gotta wake up. Like waking up, you gotta wake up. That's just a decision. Wake up, wake up. So that's true, but rooted in your motivation in the right way. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 says this, and think of how it ties everything together. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. So the work of Christ, we can't earn our salvation. We can't earn it at all. It's all grace. We receive it as a gift through faith. This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God not a result of works that no one may boast, okay? So the Bible makes it very clear. The work of Christ can only be done by the work of Christ. We receive it as a gift. We can't do it. If we could do it, then we could boast in it. We can't do it. Only Christ could do it. But notice this. The work of Christ, when it's received, here at Ephesians 2, follows up with this. Because of the gift of Jesus Christ and his work for us, it says this now. For we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship, listen, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Do you see that? So this is why the gospel is everything to end this message. When you see the gospel and when you value the work of Christ that he did for you, what happens is you, when you see it rightly, you are overwhelmed with thankfulness, gratitude, and love. And what does love want to do the most towards a person or an individual? Love wants to serve. Love wants to work to say thank you for the benefit and the blessing of eternal life. So don't leave today with condemnation. Lead today with conviction rooted in the gospel. The gospel informs us because, I'm saying it again, I want you, you have to get this. Because of his work, that motivates me now to work hard for him. 
because I love him so much. I have been created for good works in Jesus Christ as a response to the life I've been granted through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? We're not earning our salvation. We're responding to it. That's our motivation to work hard. That's the motivation to get up in the morning. That's the motivation to open the Bible. That's the motivation to pray. That's the motivation to serve at church. That's, that's the motivation to honor the Lord at work. That's the motivation to pursue the best marriage you could possibly do. That's the motivation to be a man or woman who honors the Lord and loves them with their lives by working hard because they've been saved by grace through faith. They have one chance. Let's do all we can for the glory of God. Whatever we do and work hard, do it all, Colossians 3, for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these free resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. If you'd like to get a copy of the entire series, make sure you phone us at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. That's all for today, loved ones. We hope you join us again tomorrow here on Live in the Light.